Let's go ahead and open in prayer. Would you bow your heads with me? Lord, Father God, we thank you for this morning. God, we ask that you would come with your presence here in this chapel right here, in this room. Lord, as we are doing church, we would ask, Lord, that this time it would be an offering to you. That our hearts would be changed, our hearts would be transformed by the power of your Holy Spirit, by the power of your word. So we ask that you would open up your word, change us and transform us today, Lord. That's why we're here. just want to worship you today, Lord Jesus. In your name we pray, we all said, amen, amen. All right, well, good morning, everyone. Uh, we are continuing on in our sermon series throughout the entire Bible. Right now, we're continuing through the book of Exodus, and I um, was thinking about as Pastor Mark opened up last week with just an introduction for the Ten Commandments. He didn't actually go through all ten. We're going to be doing that within the next few weeks. I was thinking about rules. How many of you, your personality is such that you like to obey the rules at all times? Raise your hand. That's your rule keepers, all right? We got some people back there. John, put your hand down. Uh, <laughs> other people, okay. Um, so you were the kind of kids in preschool where when you're coloring, you like to stay within the lines. You know, you, oh, I was always like so jealous of those kids. They could make it so nice. Their coloring was so good, yeah? Everything was in like the same pattern. Mine was like this. I could never stay in the lines. Now, how many of you are the opposite? You, your personality is such, you got to go outside the lines a little bit, all right? Okay. All right, well, you look excited to be a rule breaker. Yep, Mike Sasaki, that's it. I heard stories about Mike. Okay, so some of us are rule keepers, just our personality, and then some of us are rule breakers. You know, uh, there's some of you, you know, you, you had friends and you still have them. Their motto is, rules are made to be broken. <laughs> Rules are made to be broken. You know, Pastor Mark talks a lot about that. Rules are made to be broken. This is the pastor who says the speed limit is, should be like a speed suggestion. Okay? All right. Um, as I find it, I'm getting a little older and older. I'm slowing down. Isn't that good? I'm slowing down. Like, I just drive slower. In fact, today on my way to church... I'm riding in, and this person overtakes me. And I'm looking at her, and she's like an elderly woman. <laughs> and I'm like thinking, holy, slow down. And I look at my thing, it's like 25 miles an hour. So I'm getting a little older, I'm calming down. Maybe I'm obeying the rules a little bit more and more. But, you know, growing up in my past, uh, I think I've said it a few times, certain things I'm not proud of, but... You know, certain things, I, I was just an upset, especially a teen, right? I remember always just walking around mad, you know, like upset at the world. I don't know what I'm upset. Don't bump into me because I'm just going to be upset at you too. And so, you know, I, I just got into a lot of trouble. And there was a time when I was like 12, 13 years old, and my friends, they were into robbing homes, Okay. And so I'm thinking, oh, man, these kids are naughty. Right? Even I won't do that. But somehow 
there I am one day with my friend. And we're in somebody's home. In fact, I was just driving by their home. And I was thinking, oh, I just feel so still, so bad. Like, I can't imagine somebody breaking into my home. I would never, I just feel so terrible, so violated. And here I am as a kid, and we were in somebody's home. We broke into their home, and we took this kid's stuff. We go back to my friend's house, and we have all the stuff in his room. And the dad, his dad, this is my best friend growing up, his dad, who's like almost like my dad, he comes home, and he finds all the stuff. And he confronts us, and we said, yep. We, we had to just, of course, where are we going to get all this stuff? And called the police, and both of us arrested. Is that a good dad? That's a good dad. And so here we are, breaking the rules, and we learn the consequences of breaking the rules. And 13 years old, we're going to get arrested. We go through all kind of apology stuff with the family, and we do like, I think it was 100, I could possibly even be more of community service hours at Honama Bay. I remember having to wake up every weekend in the dark, go over there and sweep all the cigarette butts. Sweep, 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 hour, 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 hour. And just like, oh, what am I doing? Why did I do that? Consequences. Plus, I remember my mom having to talk to her about it, being so ashamed, being so sad about it. And, you know, just like, oh, bringing shame upon the family, right? And just, there's nothing worse. And I, you know, have to break down, tell my mom, and just see, see her reaction. So disappointed in me. You know, so I, I took a lot. I learned a lot from some of those things. Breaking the rules. Experiencing the consequences. So rules, as we learn, and I've gotten a little older, wiser, hopefully, Rules are not made to be broken. They're made to be followed. Rules are there not for our harm, but for our good, as we know that. And you might be saying, yes, yes, I know that. I know that. But some of us are thinking, hmm, okay, this is a new one. (laughs) Rules are there for our good. Rules are there to help us. Rules are there, put there by God, especially God's rules, to help us Live the way he intended for us to live. And we actually find that we have more freedom and more fun when we follow the guidelines, when we follow the rules. You know, Nicky Gumbel, he's the one who leads Alpha, and he puts together all the videos from London, England. He's just, we love Nicky Gumbel. He does all these great videos and everything. And he has such like funny English quaint stories, right? They're funny in his own way. Anyway, he tells this story where he, he's kind of a, more of a bookworm person, and so he's not really an athlete, and he went to a soccer game. I think it was his son's soccer game. He, he knew nothing about soccer. Well, when he showed up there, he said it was just him and I think some of the moms, and the referee didn't show up, and the coach didn't show up. So he didn't know what to do, and the mom said, go ahead, you know, referee the game. He said, I don't know what I'm doing. And he said, go do it. They had no lines. They had, didn't know where to put the goals. He didn't have a whistle. And so you had like 28-year-olds out there, 5-year-olds. I don't know how old they were, little kids. 
and he's trying to get these kids to play, right? Okay, play! And he doesn't know the rules, and the kids are kicking each other, and they're crying and whining, going off to their parents. And he said it was just like a nightmare scenario. But just in time comes the referee, and he lays out all the places, the, the goals and the flags and everything, and he has the whistle, and he knows all the rules, and he organizes it all good, and they start playing. And when the kids are playing, they're having so much fun. They're loving it. They're thriving. They're scoring. They're giving high fives. You have happy kids. You have happy parents. So we see the rules are there to actually help us, and they bring us more freedom, and they help us to actually thrive compared to no rules. So are rules good? Yes, rules are good. And so many times we have to unlearn the things that we've learned, especially as growing up. We think, and I thought, rules are just a big burden. I don't want to have all these rules on my back. What a drag. And when we think about Christianity, we think, oh, Christianity is a bunch of rules. What a drag. Do you know those Christians, all they do, they go to church and they sit on their pews and they follow all the rules. Right? They're a bunch of prim and proper people who are out there, you know, just a bunch of people who love to keep all these rules. Maybe you don't think that, but I guarantee so many people out there and people we'd like to invite to Alpha think that about Christianity. I thought that about Christianity. Just a bunch of goody two-shoes going to church. But in reality, and for those of you who have experienced what Christianity, more importantly, not the religion, but a relationship with God through Jesus Christ, those of you who really know Jesus and are experiencing this thriving, ongoing relationship, you know Yes, the rules are there, but it's not all about the rules. The rules help us. The rules help us to thrive in life. In life. They're not a burden to us. Now, that's my introduction to the Ten Commandments. If you have a Bible, you can go ahead and open it up to Exodus chapter 20. Exodus chapter 20. And we're going through the Ten Commandments. Like I said, we're going to take a few weeks on these. And today we're going to be going through two of them, the first two. But first of all, who can name all the Ten Commandments? Who, anyone like to come up here and just try to name all ten? Come on up. Come on, brave, brave soul. Oh, no, no one? No one? That's okay. You know why? I couldn't do it either. Okay? Being completely honest. I couldn't do it. If you name, At one time, I remember we were... Uh, my children and I, we were in the car, and my wife, we would have this thing where we try to memorize all the Ten Commandments. But that was some years ago, and I forgot already, okay? So, I couldn't do it, especially on the spot. But, maybe, can you throw out one that you know? Just, maybe one that's, that's stuck with you? Murder, that's a good one. Thank you. I'm glad you know that one, because you look intimidating. You better not forget it. Okay, any others besides murdering? Honor, and Honor and your father and mother. That's the one I like to tell my children. 
All right. Anything else? That's awesome. Close, close, but it was very, I like the language more than anything else. That was cool. Um, I think it's going to fit in perfectly with what the ones I'm going to be talking about today. Okay, any others? Yes. Lord's name in vain. Anything else you can remember? I think we have four or five. I wonder if we could get all ten, but that might take a while, okay? You guys are looking in your Bibles. <laughs> okay, that's good. That's a good summary. Covet your neighbor's things. Right? Don't covet. That's awesome. Well, the cool thing about God is he gives us open book tests. Yeah, we can look. So if you guys have, if you guys have, uh, you know, let me go ahead and read to you all ten. If you don't have a Bible, we're going to put it up here. Yeah. So Exodus chapter 20. Commandment number one, you shall have no other gods before me. I think that's what you're saying, Carrie, right? Number, number two, can you see that, guys? Yep, number two, you shall not make for yourself an idol. No idols, yeah? In the form of anything in heaven, above, or on the earth, beneath, or in the waters below, you shall not bow down to worship them. So don't make idols. Number three, you shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God. Four, Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. The Sabbath day, that's going to be an interesting sermon. Not today, but that's going to be another day. Okay? Remember the Sabbath day. Number five, honor your father and your mother. That was said today. You can continue on. It says, so that you may live long. You know, honor your father and mother, you're going to have long life. <laughs> okay? Next one, you shall not murder. Next, you shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. And finally, you shall not covet. You shall not covet. So those are the Ten Commandments. And like I said, uh, we're going to go through them from week to week. I hope you can continue joining us. It's just going to be awesome as we see what are the commandments? What do they mean? How do they relate to us today? Do they? We, we'll see. So today we're going to concentrate on the first two. And when we understand the first two commandments, we are putting our lives in the right order. Our relationship with God in the right alignment we are putting first things first. You know, I, I'm so excited. Um, you know, we went through this Stephen Covey, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And it's just really an awesome habit. Putting the most important things in your life first. Fitting the big rocks. Remember we did that once? The big rocks in the jar first. And then you get all the little stuff around. So when we understand and live by the first two commandments, we'll see God strategically put it in there. When we get the first two, all the others, the other commandments we'll see will begin to fall into place. So the first commandment, going back to verse 3, Exodus 23, you shall have no other gods before me. You shall have no other gods before me. You must not have any other god but me. 
What does that mean? What does that mean? Translation, God is saying, I want to be your one and only God. Don't have any other gods but me. Put first things first. Put me first. God is awesome, right? He, if he's God, he's God. He's worthy of all of our worship. He should never get second place in our lives over anything or anyone. And when he creates the Ten Commandments, isn't it awesome how he throws that in there right off the bat? He deserves worship alone. So the Israelites, they came out of Egypt, and they're in the desert. And as they were living in their freedom, their newfound freedom, it wasn't easy, but they were living as free people. They had come out of slavery and bondage in, from where? Egypt. Right? They were in Egypt. They were there for 400 years being persecuted under slavery. And they came out of a system, a place where there were many gods. There were many little g gods. You notice, have no other god. Is it a big g or a little g? It's a little g. It's a little g god. These are gods that are not real. There's only one god. But these are gods that they worshipped. Many thousands of gods. And most cultures that, in ancient times, and there are still cultures today, they worship these gods. Not the one true God. The Egyptians, they worship the sun god, Ra. I always think of the Prince of Egypt. I do like that movie a lot. And I remember the sun god, Ra. Frog god, god of the Nile River. And now God was separating himself from all of those gods. And he says, right off the bat, I have no other gods before me. Don't put anything else before me. I alone am worthy of worship. The Israelites were separate. They were holy. That's what holy means. Separated. They were called to be different. To have no other gods but the one true God. The God who had released them from slavery the God who has shown his power, and just in case people didn't know it, he was like doing all the ten plagues to defy and show his dominance over all these little gods. Why was it dark? Total darkness? Ra, the sun god, was put in his place. Total and complete darkness. He was showing he's more powerful than any god the Egyptians had over them. He was putting himself in the right position in the people, in his people's lives. First place, alone. There would be no other second place. Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 5 says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God, our God, the Lord is one. The, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength, with everything. God wants to be in his rightful position in our lives. Everything. Loving God with everything. 
And when we love God with everything, we'll start to see, whoa, he's in that right place where he has to be in our lives. If we call ourselves Christians, if we want to be believers and followers of Jesus Christ, then we put him in his rightful place on the throne. Amen? So many times, we're not quite sure. We don't start off there. That's why God starts there. First commandment. He puts himself in the right alignment in our lives. And that's number one. You can fill it in in your bulletin. The question for us this morning is, am I putting God first? Am I putting God first? And that's a question for every single person, no matter where they are in their walk with the Lord, from Billy Graham down to all of us. Am I putting God first? Is he the one and only God that you believe and follow. And that sounds a little weird, right? Oh, of course he is. Are we putting him in his rightful position? Or are there other gods? Are there other systems of belief that we have somehow let creep in and put before him? The question is worth asking even for those of us who call ourselves Christians. Check this out. Many born-again Christians in today's culture have begun to believe in universalism. What is universalism? It's a thinking where when everybody dies, everybody goes to heaven. Everybody is saved. No matter what they believe or don't believe, what is good for you might not be good for me, but we're all going to end up in the same place. Statistics show 25% of born-again Christians, that's people who believe Jesus Christ is their Lord and Savior, and would say, call themselves born-again Christians, that's all of us, have said that people are eventually saved or accepted by God. That's one quarter of us in this church, okay? Should I make it this side? Sorry, guys. <laughs> yeah, okay, we switch it. We just know. Okay, so 25% of us. Wow, that's a lot. One quarter of us. We're all going to be saved. Don't have to, don't worry about Jesus. Any religion. Okay? Other Christians have given in to religious pluralism. What is that? The thinking that accepts multiple, multiple religious worldviews and religions being equally valid. It's okay. Buddhism is the same thing as Christianity. Islam, Christianity, it's fine. 26%, again, a quarter of Christians believe it doesn't matter what religious faith you follow because they all teach the same lessons. Wow, a quarter of us. More, 40% of Christians believe Christians and Muslims worship the same God. Wow, that's a lot. Okay, that's like maybe take from here, all of us, or maybe 40%, what am I doing? 40% is less than half. <laughs> this way. We'll go this way. Okay. This is the bad side. That's the good side. <laughs> What's wrong with you guys? So, is that surprising? 40%. Doesn't matter. Allah? God? Same God. We see why it's so important for the first commandment, right? Jesus said in John 14, 6, I am the way and the truth and the life. 
No one comes to the Father except through me. Wow. Jesus wants his rightful place in worship. There's only one way. And so many times we're letting all these things in the world, but we even unfortunately are taught in schools where it's very anti-Christian thinking, even in the media and in our culture, our secular society nowadays. And we start to say, this makes me really uncomfortable. I wouldn't make you raise your hand. But if I did, and we're totally honest, I'm sure there are people that are here that are look at this statement and say, you cannot make it to heaven. There's only one way to God. His name is Jesus. If you don't go through him, you won't make it. I'm sorry, all gods are not the same. Buddha, Allah, all these Hindu gods, millions of Hindu gods, it's not the same. If this makes you uncomfortable, then you're starting to see, you know what? Maybe I'm not giving God the right, his right position in my life. It's not a condemnation. May the Holy Spirit bring conviction to all of us. And we would say, yeah, that is a really narrow statement, but it's truth. And if that's truth, Lord, how do I proceed from there? Right? Where is God positioned in your life? Is he behind the other gods, the other belief systems? God wants to be your first. He wants to be your only. He wants to have all of your worship. You shall have no other gods before me. That's the first commandment. And that's our starting place in our relationship with God. Because it's not about the rules. It's all about relationship. It isn't a burdensome rule that we think, what, God, that's so burdensome. Like, oh, isn't that a little oppressive? We think like that. It isn't a burdensome rule that God wants to weigh us down. It's his first commandment that he's given to us out of love out of relationship with us because he loves us and he wants to help us from going off course and worshiping this other belief system, from going off course and believing the lies of the enemy and you know what? Yeah, maybe that Jesus isn't the only way. He's keeping us right on track with our attention. Who, where is God positioned in your life? Is he first? That's the first commandment. Number two, Exodus chapter 20, verse 4 and 5 says, You shall not make for yourself an image in the form of anything in heaven above or on the earth beneath or in the waters below. That's basically everywhere. You shall not bow down to them or worship them. So while Moses was up on the mountaintop getting the Ten Commandments from God, what were the people the camp of Israelites doing beneath. They were busy fashioning an idol. They were making a golden calf to worship. Right? The golden calf, calf was known as being a god that many people in those cultures in that area would worship. Okay, so they something familiar, something that they knew. Make, let's make a golden calf. And they're dancing around and they're worshiping this golden calf, while he was up there getting the Ten Commandments. They were fashioning God that they could understand, they could relate to, they could comprehend. And they were trying to put God into their box that they could 
understand and hold. But aren't you thankful that God can't be put into a box? God is so much bigger than anything we could design or create or fashion. God is not meant to be put into our human-sized terms, right? It's like our God-sized, our, our little boxes that we can hold and smell and touch and control that we can create, right? We so desperately want to do that. And that's why they made something like the golden calf. And so many of the world's religions, they go ahead and craft these idols where you can tangibly hold on to and worship and see, right? So many of the different world religions. But God doesn't want that. You know, across the street near by where I live, we used to minister a lot at Lanikila Elementary School in Liliha. There, there's like a Taoist shrine, a temple, where they have many different idols. And for years, we would prayer walk around, and I stopped by, and there's a lot of incense going on. Right across the street, uh, there's another Buddhist temple. But at this Taoist temple, there's tons, hundreds of these idols. And they're, you know, ranging from little ones to this really demon-looking lady. And she has these red eyes. And every time I'm like, you know, having a good day and we're praying and I look and I look at her. <laughs> She's scary, man. It's like, oh, whoa. You know, I try to eat. I don't want to like bow down to the idol, right? So I'm not, I'm not scared, but kind of scared. Like she looks a little scary, you know? I don't think she's real. But I'm like, ooh, okay. That's like clowns. I don't like clowns. <laughs> you remember it? That was in, no, never mind. Won't go there. But this lady was freaky. And they do all kind of different things there. Different. They bring. A lot of money people bring, stop by, you stop, pull up in the uh, BMW, the Mercedes, they get out, they give the money to the lady who runs the temple, runs the shrine. And sometimes they bring food. Sometimes they bring model homes, models. Sometimes they bring cars. Sometimes they bring fake cell phones. Sometimes they bring stacks of fake money. And what do they do with it? Put it all into the incinerator. The incinerator right around the house. And what do they do? They burn it. Because you're giving to your ancestors. They might need some money in the afterlife. They might need a bigger house, a car, a cell phone, you know. And so I don't want to make fun or poke fun at it, but that's the fact. That's what they do. All right? And why do they give the money? They give the money so that they have good luck. Their ancestors are taken care of. They can feel like, oh, okay, I'm appeasing these idols, these gods. If I don't do it, guess what's going to happen? I might get sick. I might have a disease. Something might happen to me. Okay, do you see what this is based out of? It's based out of what? Fear. Fear. And that's what so many of the world systems are based out of. And unfortunately, that's what many people think Christianity is based out of. Fear. If I don't go to church, I'm going to get into trouble with God. If I mess up, oh no, God's going to zap me. He's not, I'm not going to be in his good graces. If I don't live up to and pray enough or read my Bible enough, oh, God's going to be really mad or disappointed. Same, right? 
We go there. So number two, you can write this in your notes. The question for us today is, am I worshiping any idols? We might think it's so weird or different what other cultures, other religions do. But so many times, we forget to ask ourselves that same question. Am I worshiping any idols? An idol doesn't have to actually be an idol that we see, like going to the temple and worship maybe a family shrine. No, an idol is anything that you worship above worshiping God. So number two, are you worshiping any idols? What do you worship? You can find what you worship a couple of different ways. Number one, look at your bank account. Why? Because you can see what you worship by what you spend your money on. What kind of things do you spend your hard-earned, valuable money? That's a good indicator of what you really value in this life. Take a look back at your bank statements. See, I'm learning, right? Dave Ramsey, Financial Peace University. Casey, you're proud of me, yeah? (laughs) So... What do you spend your money on? That's the kind of stuff, the hard evidence of what you value, what you worship. Number two, where or what do you spend your time on? Where or what do you spend your time on? Time is more valuable than money even, right? You can't make back your time. You can make back your money quite possibly. What do you spend your time on, your time doing Who do you spend your time on? It could even be possibly good things, an idol. Maybe a hobby that you enjoy. Maybe your job, which is very important. Maybe your family. Am I saying that by spending time with your family is worshipping an idol? No. Everyone has to spend time. That's so important, especially nowadays. Love is spelled T-I-M-E, and we want to spend time. But are we spending too much time in these sorts of things? Too much time. And not just time. Our attention, our love, and our devotion is put above the time we're spending with the Lord. Our heart's devotion even to our family, can become an idol if it's not as much as we love and value God. And that's why God is saying, don't have, don't create, don't worship any idols. Isn't that important? He puts it number two on the list. So important. Right? What about, I'm going to go there real quickly. What about one of these? This, unfortunately, has become an idol to so many of us. Yes, people in the church, we're worshiping this because we spend our attention so many times on this. And I'd like to say as a pastor, especially somebody who loves families and how, trying to figure out how to do my own family, we so many times are all on this. You know, I can be there right next to my wife. And we're not talking because why? How you doing, honey? All right, that's cool. Should I check Facebook, Instagram? 
Okay, ESPN, fantasy football, gotta check the news. What's going on with the politics? Okay, I'm like, oh, one hour went by. Where's my wife? <laughs> okay. So many times. How many of you can relate to this? Anyone? Thank you for raising your hand. It makes me feel better. Okay. Let's try it again. How many of you can re- relate to this? <laughs> Make me, for, just for me now. Okay. All right. And you know what? With our children, it can only get worse in today's culture. But we're going to be different. Our church is going to be able to say, you know what, Lord, thank you for a cell phone, for an iPhone, for whatever. You know what? I'm going to use this for good. This is not going to become an idol. In fact, if I have to, I'm going to put this thing in timeout. I'm not going to use it at home. Pastor Max said it should not be an idol. I'm going to put some limits on it. I'm going to teach my children what is a smart way to use this. How can I use this for the kingdom of God, the technology God has given us? The convenience, okay? Ask, get creative, use this. Or guess what? This can be more important than your worship of God. It sounds completely crazy, but we do it all the time. These are the things that we're facing and we're doing, okay? Put this in its right place. Put God in his right place. So what do you worship? Where do you spend your time? Where do you spend your money? Show me your bank statements and your calendar, and I will show you what you worship. The Bible says in six, Matthew 6, 21, for where your treasure is, there your heart is also. Are we treasuring Jesus Christ? Are we treasuring who he is, the, the way that he can just speak to us as we spend time with him, the way that we can walk throughout our lives we don't need the attachment to the media, I mean to the multimedia, to the cell phone. We need the attachment to Jesus Christ, to his Holy Spirit. Walking, spending time in fellowship, talking with him. That's awesome, Lord. Oh, yeah. You know what? This is what I think about this political situation. This is what I think about what's going on at my workplace. Would you please help her? Speaking to him, clinging to him, developing our intimate relationship, ongoing growing relationship with him instead of all this stuff. So many times we know our cell phones more than we know Jesus Christ. I'm speaking to myself. I'm preaching to myself, by the way. Pray for one another on that. Seek first the kingdom and his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Let's be kingdom seekers who puts God first, his kingdom first. Amen? Why did God give us this second commandment, to weigh us down, to be a killjoy. No, he wants to help us from getting distracted. He wants to get rid of all that junk in our lives. All the things that are distracting us and taking us from experiencing true joy and fulfillment with a relationship with God. So what should our response be today as we are leaving this place? To simply, and I love it, simply love God and put him first. Just love God and put him first in your life. Right? Follow the Ten Commandments. Follow the first two that we're talking about today. But unfortunately, the bad news is we can't. 
the bad news is we will try to set up a system with our cell phone, but that thing will be calling you. Micah, turn me on. Micah, come on, just check me out a little bit. Right? No. Right? I'm going to set up our financial plan, our monthly financial plan. I got to do that with Joanna. Right? We're going to have a fun time. I'm going to make her coffee. Okay? No, Micah, just check it a little bit. Okay? All these things, our sinful nature, unfortunately, will continue to drag you down. You want to. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And so it won't be possible for us to say, yeah, I want to do it. I'm going to try harder now, and then I'll be better at keeping these commandments. The bad news is you can't. We are all rule breakers, remember? Even those of you who like to color in the line, stay in the lines, unfortunately, the Bible says you are a rule breaker too. It's called sin. We have a sin problem in our lives, right? We can't follow God, God's commandments even though we want to. But Jesus, and that's the good news, Jesus came to set us free. Jesus came and gave us grace. Amen? Matthew 5, 17 says, Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. He didn't come to do away with the Ten Commandments and kick them to the curb. No, I have, come to, I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. To fulfill them. Jesus is the fulfillment of the law. And the law begins to click. It begins to make sense in our lives. And we see the rules are actually not oppressive and burdensome. But when we are in the grace that God offers us, when we're in this living relationship with Jesus Christ, the rules begin to be something good. Yes, Lord, I have the power. I'm not going to be perfect, but I have the power to begin to put God first. Is that good news? That's awesome. Jesus, thank you. I have the power now to be able to get rid of all these idols. I'm not going to worship this stuff anymore. I know it's just the little fillers in life. Jesus came to fulfill everything in the Ten Commandments. So the Ten Commandments don't make sense, and it can be very oppressive upon someone. In fact, the Bible says it will reveal your sin. It's like looking in a mirror. You're trying to keep the law. You can't do it. You just look back, and you're going to say, Oh, man, failed again. But with Jesus, he came to fulfill the law and all clicks and it makes sense. Then we begin to live it out. Amen? We live in grace, not under the law. That's the good news. Number three, you can write in your bulletin as we finish up. Am I closer to Jesus today? And I think the worship team is going to come out. Am I closer to Jesus today? That's a great question for us to ask ourselves every day. Am I closer to Jesus today than I was yesterday? Lord, help me to walk with you. Help me that I would be able to say, you know what? I'm going to live by this moral law, moral code that God has gave us. Thank God he has given us morals. Otherwise, we'd be like walking around, I don't know what to do. What does God say? But you know what? God says, put me first. God says, have no other... Don't create, don't worship any other idols. Finally, we close with this verse. Romans chapter 5, verse 8 says, 
But God demonstrates his own love for us towards his own love towards us and that while we were still sinners Christ died for us. The good news is that you know what we can't keep the law but Jesus came and fulfilled it. We're just going to mess up and sin and do all these other things but Jesus came to set us straight that we would be in right alignment with God that we would put God in his rightful position. Amen. Why don't we go ahead and stand? Everybody look at your neighbor and tell them, put God first. Now look at your neighbor and tell them that with a smile on your face. Put God first. That's where he wants to be in our lives. And today, you might be here and somebody say, you know what, I got a lot of stuff that's keeping me from doing that. I got a lot of different, maybe even something I have to unlearn, a belief system, or maybe some idols that I'm hanging on to because I just can't let go. And if that's you, you're in the perfect place. You're in a place of grace. You're in a place where God wants to say, I'm going to give you, shower you with my grace this morning. And help you as you leave this place to put him first. Amen? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much, God, for your good news of Jesus. Lord, when we hear the law, when we hear the things that, Lord, you want for us, the rules, without Jesus, it is oppressive. Without Jesus, Lord, it is a burden. But, Lord, with Jesus... It begins to all make sense. Lord Jesus, I ask God that you would come with your Holy Spirit power right now. And if there's anybody here struggling to put you first, to put you in the rightful place where you deserve, Lord. If there's anybody here struggling with certain maybe things that are keeping them from worshiping you first, these idols, we ask, Lord, that you would please come with your power come with your forgiveness come with your grace we thank you so much Lord I just ask that we would take 30 seconds to just lift up something that is keeping you from experiencing that relationship God wants with you just ask for his forgiveness he already knows it anyway So, Lord, you know our hearts and you hear our prayers, Lord. God, we are sorry. We repent. And we come before you this morning and say, Lord, we can't do it on our own. But, Lord, we put it at the foot of the cross where you have died for all of that junk. You want to remove it from our lives. And we begin to receive your forgiveness and grace this morning. Lord, that we would begin to walk with you, putting you first. In Jesus' name, we all said, amen. Amen.